Welcome to Opening the Door, Opportunities for U.S. Immigration with Attorney Nadine Heights. Welcome to episode number two of Opening the Door, Opportunities for U.S. Immigration. I'm Nadine Heights, an immigration lawyer in Lake Worth Beach, Florida. And today I want to talk about the naturalization process sometimes also known as getting your U.S. citizenship. So the reason that I think this is really interesting is because there is, of course, a test that you have to take in order to qualify and pass and become a naturalized U.S. citizen. And that test uh, is something that you answer verbally. You answer a whole bunch of questions at your interview with an immigration officer. And not too long ago, President Trump, who was president at the time, introduced a brand new test. And this was done on December 1st of 2020. And there was really no chance for feedback or anything like that. It was just introduced. And basically, it involved a whole bunch more questions and questions that had somewhat of a political tilt, uh, being a, a lot more conservative than previously. Now, why is this important? Well, uh, you know, you may wonder why am I even still talking about this? Because the actual test was canceled by President Biden. Yes, effective March 1st, 2021, USCS, uh, USCIS actually changed their policy and they announced that they're not going to require anyone to take the new test if they don't want to. Now, it's a bit confusing. Do I have to take the old test or can I even if I want to? Um, if you studied the old test and if you filed your naturalization application between December 1st, 2020 and March 1st, 2021, and if you get your interview before April 19th, 2021, then you could choose to take the old test or the new test. But... I'm going to explain why I think you should just go ahead and take the old test because I think it's a lot easier, it has less questions, and I don't think it's as biased as the new test. Uh, and by the way, if you want any of these specific details and dates, you can go to my website, heightsimmigrationlaw.com, and go to the blog page, and you'll see I have a post about this called What's on the New Naturalization Test, which I wrote back in January when we thought that new test was going to be the one that everybody would have to be taking. So what uh, happened with that test? Well, the last time the actual citizenship questions were revised was in 2008. So it has certainly been quite some time, but um, that test has been working fine. It's a, a bunch of questions that you have to answer all about civics and geography and, you know, a little bit um, of uh, everything about some U.S. history. And there are 100 possible questions. So you have to study all 100 questions because you don't know which ones they're going to ask you. And they're going to ask you, uh, 10 questions, and you have to get six out of 10 correct. Now, the way it has always worked is that 
If you answer the first six questions all correct, the officer will just stop. They're not going to torture you and ask you four more questions and make you really nervous. They'll just stop and say, okay, you passed. I go with my clients frequently to their naturalization interviews and, you know, uh, the majority of my clients do pass. Um, it's rare that I've seen anyone not pass. Now, and if you don't pass, you will have a chance to do it over again. They'll give you one more chance, um, but you'll have to wait several months for a second interview. And if you pass that time, you'll be good. But what happened with the new test is they actually came up with more questions, uh, 128 in total, and they were going to have you actually answer 20 of those questions and you had to pass 12 to pass. Now, the ratio is the same as far as the percentage goes, but here's the difference. They were going to make you answer all 20 questions, whether you got, you know, the first 12 correct or not. So think about that. You're going to be there. It's going to take twice as long, obviously, right, to ask every question, get every answer. I'm sure the immigration officers aren't going to be too thrilled with that. Um, Luckily, they won't have to do it, but they will if somebody really insists on taking the new test, which I highly doubt. Um, But even some of the questions that were on this new test are totally bizarre. And I think it's worth talking about because it just goes to show you what can happen when a uh, certain type of president or a certain type of, uh, you know, administration perhaps feels that the test needs to be made a lot more to their liking. Uh, For example, here's one question. Now, uh, this is an easy question. Who does a U.S. senator represent? Okay, what's the answer? Well, on the regular old test, the answer is all people of the state, right? A U.S. senator represents the people of their state. But guess what? On the new test, the correct answer that they publish in their USCIS booklet is citizens of their state. So by changing it to the word citizens and instead of all the people, right away you're saying that what? If I'm not a U.S. citizen, my senator doesn't represent me. I guess that's what they want you to believe. And the same is for another question. Who does a member of the House of Representatives represent? And again, you know, it's, it's all the people of the state. But by changing it to citizens, then right away. That just changes the question somewhat. And then there were questions that were on there that were talking about the Federalist Papers, something that American conservatives have really, um, you know, highly um, discussed. And, and, you know, it's it's something that even there's a magazine called The Federalist, uh, a right-wing magazine, which discusses Uh, everything about the Federalist Papers. And for example, one of the questions on this examination is, many documents influenced the U.S. Constitution. Name one. And you have a choice of many answers. You just have to name one. 
But some of the documents that influence the U.S. Constitution, of course, are the Declaration of Independence. Um, there's uh, that's probably the most common one. There's others named here: the Mayflower Compact, the Iroquois Great Law of Peace. Um, the Articles of Confederation. So if you were to name any of those, you would be right. And I think the most common one that people would remember easiest is the Declaration of Independence. But they added a, a document to this list called the Federalist Papers. But when actually that answer would technically be wrong because it turns out that the Federalist Papers were actually published to urge people to adopt the Constitution, which had already been written and circulated by then. So how can you have the Federalist Papers influence the Constitution when they were written to urge adoption of the Constitution and the Constitution had already been written then? So that doesn't really make a lot of sense. But anyways, that's the main reason, well, I guess not the only reason, but that is one of the reasons that this test is not going to happen. Nobody will be forced to take the new test. Thank goodness. Um, and, you know, the, the other thing, too, is that this type of test is always asked of you out loud. It's not a test that you have to write any questions down. You don't have to check off any boxes or anything. You're just sitting there in the immigration officer's office and they're verbally asking you these questions. And when you answer them, they'll type it into the, to their computer and at the, you know, they'll, they'll keep track of the score as you go along. So thank goodness that you only have to go back to answering six out of the 10 and they're not going to torture you and ask you all of them. So that's one thing I wanted to talk about for naturalization. And the other is how do you qualify and what is it like when you go for your interview? So, you know, so many people just think that citizenship is something that you just apply for right off the bat. Like you're here, you have no legal status, you just go and apply for citizenship and you become a citizen. Well, it doesn't really work that way. You first have to have a green card in the majority of cases. Now, there is a way you can qualify for citizenship right away, but it would involve you being a minor under 18 who um, already has a green card, though, so you still have to have a green card, and your parent, um, one of your parents becomes a citizen. So in that case, if they become a citizen before you turn 18, you don't have to file for the citizenship application. You could just get a U.S. passport right away. Although I do recommend you actually request a citizenship certificate for yourself from USCIS, just to make sure that you have that documented. Um, and there's some other ways. Sometimes you derive your U.S. citizenship from your parents. So those are some, you know, some ways you might be a citizen without having to get a green card first. But for the majority of people, you have to be a lawful permanent resident first. And then after a certain number of years, you can apply for U.S. citizenship and become a naturalized citizen. So um, now, how long do you have to wait? Well, that depends. It depends on whether you're married to a U.S. citizen or not. So if you're married to a U.S. citizen and you're a green card holder, 
you get a break. You get to actually apply for your citizenship in three years instead of waiting five years, like most people have to wait. So generally, the rule is five years being a green card holder, and then you can apply for citizenship. Now, what's going to happen when you, after you submit your application, all the evidence required, you get your interview notice in the mail, and now you have to go and appear in front of an immigration officer. That's where you do your test, and that's also where, and this is what surprises some people, they're going to ask you a lot of these questions on the application verbally all over again. And these are all what you call like the security questions. Have you ever done this? Have you ever done that? Have you ever been a, a member of, a, of the Communist Party? Have you ever worked in a jail? Have you ever been involved in prostitution? Have you ever been arrested? All these security questions, they're going to ask you them verbally again. Now, some officers ask you every single one of them. There's lots of them on the form. Some that are maybe a little more experienced or a little more confident, some officers will just ask you some of the most important ones. But don't be surprised at that and don't think, you know, why are they asking me all this again? They, they're supposed to do that. Um, it's just one last chance for you to change your mind on a question if you think you may have filled it out incorrectly on your application. So it's important that you know and understand those questions in advance. Um, you know, some of them, the way they're worded are a bit strange. And I don't know, for some reason, the question, have you ever claimed to be a U.S. citizen, sometimes throws people off. Like, I get my clients sometimes, huh, huh, like, yeah, and like the officers, like, I'm looking at them. No, like, do you really understand what they're asking? They're asking if you ever claimed that you were a U.S. citizen? Like, did you ever write on any form or application that I'm a U.S. citizen? Did you ever check off a box somewhere, maybe when you applied for your driver's license, I'm a U.S. citizen? Because if you did that, then you're going to not get naturalized because that is an absolute no-no. Um, if you're a green card holder, you never want to claim you're a U.S. citizen. You don't want to vote in any uh, federal elections. You, you know, I personally, I mean... Um, I know there's some elections you can vote in, but I would just stay away from any elections, any voting until you're safe uh, to be a U.S. citizen. Because if you have to answer yes to any of those questions, then you are not going to be approved. And you could even ruin your chances for being approved later. Um, and of course, the big requirement is that you have to have good moral character in the last five years. What does that mean? Well, what does it mean to have good moral character? You obviously... Now, it doesn't mean you can't have any uh, minor misdemeanor arrest at all. Although, even if you have a misdemeanor within the last five years, um, it could still be looked at as um, kind of reflecting bad against you. But you can sometimes balance that out with a lot of positive uh, information about yourself. Maybe you've, um, maybe you had a DUI. Maybe you you had a moment in your life when you know you were suffering and you were um, addicted to alcohol or something. And but now you've gotten over it, right? You've attended Alcoholics Anonymous meetings, and now you're reformed. They love to see that you're reformed. So make sure to bring with you proof that you have uh, reformed and you've um, you know, overcome anything that may be negative in your past. 
Obviously, you really want to check with an immigration lawyer before you file your citizenship application because there are some types of crimes that can be a problem, and the timing is important. Not only that, but there's other issues. There's uh, filing tax returns, owing taxes, child support is a big one because you have to have. Uh, this is something that really messes people up. They go into the interview and they they did it alone. They didn't have an attorney helping them. They find out that they have a child in their home country that is young, that is maybe living with their mother or father or, or you know somebody else, some other family member. But and then they're asked, well, are you providing financially for that child? And they say, well, yeah, you know, I send money over there. Okay, prove it. Well, I don't have proof. I never kept records of anything. Well, now you have a problem because you have to prove that you have been financially providing for any child under 18 in the last five years. Any of your any of your children anywhere, no matter where they're living in the world, no matter whether there's maybe a custody agreement with the other parent or not, you have to have that proof. Um, so it's things like that. the The other thing is travel. If you've traveled out of the country for longer than six months in the last five years, so that could be an issue as well. So there's so many things that you really need to be aware of when you're applying for naturalization. Uh, and if you want to discuss your own immigration case with me, please book a consultation. Give me a call. I'm Nadine Heights at five six one two nine zero. 0101. You can also book your consultation online if you visit the website, which is heightsimmigrationlaw.com. And Heights is spelled H-E-I-T-Z. So give us a call, visit the website. I'd be more than happy to talk to you about you qualifying for naturalization. Take care. Thanks for listening. For more information, go to heightsimmigrationlaw.com.